there are three taxes that you can avoid paying when you hire a child and um, also your spouse. Uh, we, we can talk about that too. Um, but um, so the, the three taxes are the unemployment tax, Medicare, and Social Security. This is the Weekly Wealth Podcast with certified financial planner, David Chudik, where we discuss the wealth building mindsets and tactics that can help you to build and maintain wealth for you, your family, and your business. Hello, everybody. Welcome to the Weekly Wealth Podcast, where we talk about the mindsets, the tactics, and the strategies to help you to build and maintain wealth. Uh, my name is David Chudik, and I'm a certified financial planner with Parallel Financial. And today we have a treat. We have another member of our firm, Parallel Financial, Jordan Roberts. And Jordan um, has has a has an interesting story, and um, uh, we're just going to take it from there. So, hey, Jordan, how are you doing today? Doing well, David. Thanks for having me on. Good deal. Good deal. Well, tell us a little bit about yourself, a little bit about your background, both personally and professionally. Sure. So I'm from um, originally from Greenville, South Carolina, and I uh, grew up here, went to Clemson and then um, worked for a couple of years and went back to law school. Um, and um, actually, I, I guess I should have mentioned that lived outside the country a couple of times. So once in uh, Taiwan, that's when I was a kid. And then studied abroad in Argentina while I was at Clemson. So um, I, I do enjoy, obviously right now we can't, but I enjoy uh, travel, especially international travel. So. so tell us about Argentina, because I guess that was at an age where you were a little bit older. I mean, what, what was that like? It was it was a great experience. I lived with a family there, so it was totally immersed in the culture. Um, you know, you learn how uh, other families do dinner. And uh, Are you a football player or so- football or soccer yeah. or? I am. I'm one of those rare Americans that, uh, and in fact, when I was in Argentina, many of the people uh, just could not believe that I actually played soccer or the family that I lived with. I told them that I liked to watch soccer and they, they didn't believe me. Um, so that was, uh, you know, one of the rare, uh, one of the rare Americans that did that. But yes, I did. I do play soccer. So. I bet you it's a, it's it's a lot bigger deal down there. Probably almost like college football is here, right? It is uh, like the- that's it's really the only thing down there. So it's different, but but yeah, yeah. Uh, so yeah, I did that in undergrad, and then um, went to law school. And um, first year out of law school, I worked in a prosecutor's office actually, um, and then um, got an offer from a friend who was in a, a investment firm, sort of like parallel, a little bit smaller. Um, to come in and do some legal and compliance work for them. And since we're a small firm, we, I wore a lot of hats, did a lot of different things. But um, I loved the business, but didn't really like the, the compliance and the legal role. And um, i had had an, an interesting, uh, it's probably a nice way to say, experience with a financial advisor um, while my wife was in dental school. Um, they, they pitched routinely to all the dental school students and um, he met with us and within five or 10 minutes, he was trying to get us to buy life insurance. Um, and I just thought, you know, you, he does, you don't know me, you don't know my wife, you don't know anything about me or my needs. And that was pretty formative um, in my career path because, um, you know, doing what you and I do, David, you really can't give somebody advice unless you know them and their circumstances. And so um, I actually transitioned out of the legal role um, into a financial advisor role um, at one of the big box firms. And part of the reason was like what I just said, um, I think it's important that advisors get to know their clients and spend the time getting to know their families um, because you just can't give them good advice otherwise. So 
um, was at one of the big box firms and then um, moved over here to Parallel. And I love the, um, the freedom and the flexibility that we have here. And I think our clients really benefit from that because we aren't constrained by some sort of big corporate agenda. We're able to do um, what's best for our clients. Sure. And, and coincidentally, yesterday, you and I were at our, our firm's kind of annual planning uh, meeting. And uh, shoot, we have an ex-professional baseball player uh, who is an advisor. We have um, uh, a cheerleader. He was a, a cheerleader on the national championship uh, team when, when Clemson won. Um, his wife was a cheerleader also. So I think he won. Uh, he won probably more out of, out of that deal than the football players did because he got a beautiful wife out of it. Um, I'm a certified financial planner. Our team has a certified financial planner uh, leading uh, leading the admin team. And, and then Anthony and Brian have been around for a long time. So our firm is just we can do so, so much. And, and, and we're really, really proud of that. So that's right. We talking are. about doing a lot for our clients, you know, a lot of times you'll, you'll be out and, and you'll get into that, you know, Hey, what do you do? Well, I'm a financial planner. Well, where should I invest my money right now? Where's the market going? And we're going to talk today about something a little bit different that, than just investment planning. Cause obviously you and I help clients with their investments, but we're going to talk a little bit about hiring family members and, and just the financial planning aspects of that, because um, you work with with dentists, but these principles will apply to, you know, really any small business owner. So, so let's start off first. I mean, I have twin 13 year olds and a 17 year old. Um, can I hire my 13 year olds at, you know, $130 an hour to come, uh, you know, vacuum the office and, and, uh, you know, just, just think that I'm, you know, what are some of the prerequisites for hiring family members? Let's, let's kind of go with that question. Sure. That's a great question. Um, yeah, so probably not on the $130 an hour, but vacuuming, yes, you, you could do that. So there are some prerequisites for hiring your family members, um, and those primarily deal with the age of the children in question and the legal structure of your business. So um, for the ages, um, in order to get tax benefits for hiring your children, they have to be minors. So in order to um, not have to pay Medicare and Social Security tax, your kids have to be under 18. And if they are between 18 and 21, you can still avoid paying um, the unemployment tax on those, on those children. But really for the full suite of benefits um, in this regard, they have to be under 18. So that's the age requirement. Second is the, the legal structure of the business. What about, what about minimum age? I mean, if you had a 10-year-old, if you had, you know, I mean, they could legitimately do some task. Is, is there a minimum? No, actually, there is not. Uh, there is. So the, the general rule under the Fair Labor Standards Act is that it is considered oppressive child labor if the person working is under 14. However, there is an exemption for children working for their parents. Uh, oh, Wow. Yeah, and so it has to be in a business that is 100% owned and operated by the parents. So I can buy like a coal mine and make my kids work in a coal mine, and it wouldn't be uh, wouldn't be oppressive. Now there are also there are also rules <laughs> on hazardous occupations, and I I was actually going to make a joke in here about you know you can't send your kids to the salt mine, uh, oh. so, so no hazardous occupations. Um, but as far as the age requirements, as long as you and or your spouse are the only owners and operators of the business, um, you can hire your children regardless of their age. So over the course of the year, how much could you pay 
you know, a, a 12, 13, 14, 15 year old for, you know, again, to do legitimate tasks, because they could do administrative tasks, they could do housekeeping, and there's a lot that they could do. Yeah, absolutely. So there's, um, again, we're going to want to look at the market rate when it comes to how much you can pay them. But if I can just step one, step back for one second here, I do want to mention the types of businesses um, that can use this tax benefit. So um, really, there are three structures that you can have in place for your business that would allow you to take advantage of this tax benefit. So you can have a sole proprietorship, you can have an LLC that is taxed as what the IRS calls a disregarded entity. And really what that means is just that although you have the legal protections of an LLC, the IRS is going to view that LLC um, as the same as you, the owner, for tax purposes. So, um, and the way you'd know you'd have one of these is you can either talk to your accountant or your tax attorney, or you can just look on your tax return and see where the income from that business is showing up. So if it's on your personal return, you know your LLC is a pass-through. If it's on a separate return, then you would not qualify for this. Um, so the S-Corp election is, is what you're referring to? Yeah, so the S-Corp election would not, you could not take advantage of these tax benefits if you do the S-Corp election. Okay. Also, if you have a partnership where the husband and wife are the only partners, you can also take advantage of these, um, of these tax benefits. So, okay, so that's our, those are our two kind of prerequisites before we can really even talk about, you know, how much can I pay my, my child? Um, but so the benefits, as I mentioned earlier, are the other employee, including all taxes and benefits like paid time off, healthcare, et cetera. So, um, so I actually came up with a hypothetical for a, um, a, a dentist practice owner. So let's say there's a dentist uh, who owns his own practice. Um, he's hired his wife as the office manager, and then he's got a hygienist, a dental assistant, and then let's just say he's got a 16-year-old son and a 12-year-old daughter that he hires as what we'll call clerical assistants in the practice. Um, and, and by the way, we're going to put your email in the show notes. And anybody who would like a copy of this white paper can certainly send you an email. And, and it's kind of structured for a dental practice, but the general concept would work um, in, in many other situations. Absolutely. Yes. As long as the business is structured, um, as we just talked about, this would be applicable there as well. And I'm happy to share this white paper if anybody wants to reach out. Um, and I, I guess I should also say, you know, this is a this is a hypothetical. It's intended to be informative, educational. Uh, please don't construe this as tax advice. And you should always talk with someone like David or myself or a competent advisor before you make these uh, types of important decisions. So that's a lawyer giving some lawyer talk right there. I've never heard a lawyer give a legal disclaimer. Yeah. I like it. Yeah. 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 I try to avoid legalese when I can, but we always, you know, attorneys are famous for disclaimers. So I do have to throw that in there. Perfect. Uh, yeah. So let's say you've got, I, I just listed off those employees um, and you're going to pay your son and your daughter to do a clerical job. So it might be organizing files on the computer. It could be vacuuming, like David said. Um, it can't be, you know, um, working in the coal mine or working on, um, you know, industrial baking equipment. That's that's one that's not allowed. Um, but there are several jobs that you can allow your children to do. Um, now. As far as the taxes go, um, when we're looking at how much can I save in taxes by hiring my children? So let's say in this example that you're gonna pay your son and daughter, uh, let's say your son is a little bit older, you're gonna pay him about 8,000 a year 
Um, and that's a, a slightly above market rate, but it's not outrageously above market rate. So, you know, like David, you said, can I pay him $130 an hour to vacuum the floor? So you, you can't do that. But, but let's say the going rate for vacuuming the floors is $15 an hour. Maybe, and maybe you say, I want to pay my kid $20 an hour. That's probably reasonable, but uh, $130 an hour, probably not. Um, again, all these things will be fact specific to your specific case. Um, but let's say you hire your, this dentist has hired his wife, his son, and his daughter. He's going to pay his wife uh, $100,000 to be the office manager. He's going to pay his son $8,000 a year. He's going to pay his daughter $7,000 a year. Um, now, if you want to look at my white paper, that has all these calculations in it. I'm not going to go into them here, but what I can tell you is that in the end, um, this dentist is going to save about a little over $1,900 per year in taxes. Um, if, so if he filled the roles that he's filled with family members with non-family members, he'd be paying $1,900 more per year in taxes. But let's jump in there. So between the son and the daughter in this hypothetical, he paid the son $8,000, the, the, the daughter $7,000. They can use that money to go to Chick-fil-A, to go to the movies, for anything else. And the parents would have been paying for that anyway. Yeah, that's, that's a great point, David. And, um, you know, another one of the benefits- Back when we could go to a movie. <laughs> Way back when, yes. Remember uh, the good old days? Yeah, I know, I know. Um, it, well, it's funny because, um, you know, Dave, you probably remember your parents uh, when you were a kid joking about, you know, Dave's got to earn his keep around here. You know, you got to, you know, we're not running a charity here. Uh, I certainly remember my uh, parents saying that. And um, this, you know, hiring your children is a great way to get them to work. So you teach them a work ethic, um, you teach them responsibility, and then you're also giving, you're not giving them money, you're paying them for work. And they can learn to use that on things that they would like to buy. So you're also teaching them um, financial responsibility. And, um, one of the, the pitfalls um, we'll, we'll talk about in a minute, but um, when you're thinking about what can I pay or what can my children use that money for, legally they can use it for anything, but um, what you don't wanna do is you don't wanna require your kids to pay for things that are legal obligations of yours as parents. So for example, you can't literally charge them rent like our parents joked around about. I mean, I'm sure they would have loved to do that, but you can't, you can't do that. Um, can't make them pay for food, shelter, medical expenses, other things like that. But, um, you know, David, I know your kids play sports. Um, my kids are kind of starting to get into that. And I mean, especially if they travel with these sports teams, I mean, those things are expensive. You know, these yep. tournaments mm -hmm. they want to go to, I mean, that stuff is expensive. Why not teach your kids, hey, if you really want to go on these things, you need to pay for it. And really, I mean, it's stuff that you as a parent are going to pay for anyway. Um, and if you make them do it with their wages, um, then you're really getting a, a tax efficiency benefit there. It's almost, I mean, if they're legitimately doing work, and of course, we're never suggesting that people are, are paying their kids to not work, but it, it's almost a tax deductible allowance in a sense, is it not? Because, you know, you'd have to pay for your kids' soccer cleats, but if they work, um, they buy their own soccer cleats and, and then maybe they buy the cheaper ones too, because it's not the parents, you know, as I think our kids view us as never ending buckets of money, which of course we're not. So maybe the, you know, last year's model, hundred dollar soccer cleats, all of a sudden when you're paying for your own are better than this year's $250 soccer cleats. So that, that's exactly right. And, you know, if you think about it, um, like a, a business owner, um, 
all his income is being is going to be taxed in one way unless he can write it off, right? So if you're paying your child W-2 wages, that's a an expense that gets written off. It reduces the owner's taxable income. So like you were saying, David, um, not only is that business owner avoiding the Social Security and Medicare and unemployment taxes, he's actually avoiding his own income tax on that income um, by giving it to his kids and you know asking them to pay for their um, non you know obligatory expenses themselves. Sure, absolutely. And um, even before you and I talked about this topic, uh, about three weeks ago, my 17 year old was out pressure washing our parking lot, the, the office parking lot, and he got a W two paycheck. You know, my my accountant figured it in, and um, you know, I needed the parking lot to be done. And so who else to do it? Um, and, and he, he does, you know, a good amount of maintenance at our building and, and he gets paid a couple of years ago. He worked at our office one day a week. We paid him a good hourly wage. It wasn't excessive, but our family didn't give him much money besides that. So movies, everything else he paid for. And, um, all of a sudden the popcorn for $15 is not all that important when you're paying for it yourself. So right. it was a really, really good lesson for him for sure. So yeah. Yeah. At what point does, let's say, a 15, 16, or 17-year-old have to file a tax return and pay taxes? I mean, I guess there are athletic, you know, kids that are athletes that make millions of dollars. But, um, you know, at what point do, do you have to file a tax return and might have a, a federal taxable income? Yeah, so that's where um, the tax treatment there is going to get a little more complicated. So we, what we would do is we would work with your accountant to say, let's sit down, look and see how much income um, this child has in total with the, the sources that it's coming from. Is it all coming from your business? Um, and that's something we'd have to look at again, as, as these situations often are, they're fact specific. So we'd have to sit down with the accountant and make that, that determination uh, together with them. Okay. Cool deal, man. Cool. So, I mean, have you seen any, any problems arising? Cause one of the, just the, the family problems you could see is, you know, family dynamics and kids not doing what they're supposed to and, and everything else. I mean, have you seen any, any other problems or can you foresee any, any other problems that could come up in, in situations like these? Yeah. And that's a good thing. Good question to ask. You know, it's funny. Um, anytime you're dealing with a family, there are always going to be kind of family dynamics and um, you know, David, you've been in business long enough to where you probably know sometimes when dealing with families, they'll, they'll want to, you know, you might be their financial advisor, but they'll want to call you and talk to you about how, you know, mom and dad aren't giving me enough money or uncle Joe's so mean to me. And they want to talk and vent and you just kind of feel like I am not qualified to give family advice. So there's my other disclaimer, David, I am not qualified to give family advice, but um, when you are hiring employees, you should consider your own family dynamic. You know, if it's going to ruin your relationship um, with a child or a spouse, certainly, um, you know, it's not it's not worth the tax benefits. So that's that's one thing to consider. But um, again, I'm I'm kind of straying out outside my area of knowledge. But um, so that's one thing. Um, also, you do have to consider um, when we talked about how there's an exemption for the age for children if they are working for their parents. Um, but there are still our restrictions on how much um, children under the age of 14 can work. So even though um, maybe you're a business owner and you want your 12 year old to do, let's say some social media marketing because they're a social media whiz, um, you still can't have them um, in South Carolina. And these, these laws do vary by state. So again, you'll want to talk to the person that knows the laws in your states. But 
As an example, in South Carolina, children under the age of 14 can only work three hours a day on school days uh, when school is in session, and they can't work more than 18 hours a week per week when school is in session. Now, when school is out, they can do 40 hours a week, um, up to eight hours a day. So just mostly like a regular person or a, an adult. Um, but um, so those are the rules for children who are under 14. Um, so you wanna keep that in mind. Um, now, the other thing to consider is, um, like I said, the hazardous occupations. So there are some that are very obvious, you know, you can't send your kid into a coal mine, but there are others that are less obvious. So like, let's say you run a commercial bakery. Um, there are actually, there, there are specific rules in the Fair Labor Standard Act that describe certain types of commercial baking equipment that children cannot operate. And for the most part, you, you want them to stay away from power equipment. Um, and this is for, again, for children under the age of 14. Um, but um, again, this is where it's important to talk to an advisor because you'll want someone to say, can do this, cannot do that. Um, and, you, and that would be dependent on the child's age. Um, would a then, generalist attorney be able to answer these questions specific or would, would, would um, you know, uh, an attorney with more specific employment law expertise be needed? Yeah, um, I would say it would depend on how complicated your business is. So um, a general attorney would probably have, uh, you know, somewhat knowledge of, of what's allowed and what's not, but an employment attorney is always going to be, um, it's going to be ideal, probably a little more expensive, but, um, you know, they're going to be more experienced in that realm. Sure, sure. But, um, and then the other, a couple other pitfalls, uh, David, you mentioned one earlier is that, um, you know, the children, they actually have to do work. Um, now, that doesn't mean they have to be, you know, in your office, um, you know, just sweating and working all the time. You know, I, yeah, you know, I'm sure it was the same with you, David. You know, when I worked as a kid, um, my parents expected me to do the job well and do it right the first time, and they were certainly standing over my shoulder. Um, you don't have to do that if you hire your kids, and the IRS is not going to come and, uh, you know, monitor their work and make sure they're working hard, but. You know, your kid can't be at home playing Fortnite while you're paying them, you know, $20 an hour to clean the office or something like that. So they do actually have to do the work. Um, and then you do want to be aware of what the market rate is for that type of work. So, you know, if you were going to have to go out and hire someone at, I think, $15 an hour is, is the, the example I used earlier um, to do the, the work that your family members would be doing. You know, $150 an hour for your family members is probably not reasonable, but, you know, $20 probably is. Okay, so it doesn't have to be the same as the market, but it can't be drastically higher than the market. Um, and then last, uh, we talked about legal obligations that parents have for their children. Um, this is where you start to see um, the unfortunate situations arise where um, children sue their parents when they get older, um, where... Um, we talked about the sporting trips earlier. So let's say you have a son that plays soccer. He wants to go on a travel tournament. It's going to be $2,000 to go on this travel tournament. And so you say, okay, you've got to pay for the travel tournament. That's probably okay. But then let's say your son uh, breaks his leg while he's playing soccer. Um, you can't then say, well, you've got to pay your medical bills um, for breaking your leg or you, you know, you got to pay for the hospital stay. That's where, um, you know, as a parent, you, you've got to, you can't make them pay for your legal obligations. And that's another situation where you'd want to talk to somebody who is more familiar with this so that, you know, you know, I'm going to ask my kid to pay for this. Is this okay? Sure. Yeah. 
Absolutely. Absolutely. So, so yeah. So when I look at what a good financial advisor does, a good financial advisor brings innovative solutions to their clients. And oftentimes that is, Hey, Jordan, you know, I believe based on what you're telling me, you should invest your money here and here and here, um, or, or you should have your money in this type of a fund. Maybe, maybe because of, uh, what we've talked about, a Roth IRA makes more sense than a traditional IRA or whatever the case may be. But this type of a solution that you're bringing to a client could be invaluable in so many ways. It, it's providing some tax benefits. Um, and, and we all want to save money on taxes, but you know, it, we all want to have better lives too. And I believe how we handle our money can, can affect how we have better lives. And one way that we can have better lives is by raising responsible children and making them work for for the for what um, what they want and teaching them and maybe teaching them about business and and then that could even be multi generational to where when your kids have their own business they're hiring their kids and teaching them and you're literally building a stream of of perpetual wealth simply by by bringing an idea that has nothing to do with how to invest money, nothing to do with um, which which is the hot stock. Should I buy Google or should I buy Amazon? This is to and that's what I, that's what we do as a firm. And and that's uh, I certainly appreciate um, appreciate this concept from from you as well. Yeah. Thanks, David. Yeah. And I mean, you know that the value of what we do is like you said, it's not in picking stocks. And I'm sure you have this too. People ask me like, well, why should I work with you versus a a Robin Hood or a Betterment. And, you know, the reason is like what you just said. I mean, when things go south or when you start a business, um, Robin Hood is not going to give you advice on your business situation. Robin Hood doesn't know you individually. Um, and that's where we come in and we handle the human side of things. Um, and that's where the, the real value of a good advisor comes in. Sure. I remember having lunch with an attorney uh, a couple of years ago and we were just talking about our own businesses. And he, he made the joke. He's like, yeah, and I really need to get my will done. Well, who, who could do a will easier than the attorney? So it's not a question of doesn't have the money, doesn't know what it is, doesn't know why he just didn't do it because he's busy. Well, and part of the financial planning process is where to invest money. And we absolutely have a great process for that, but we also help with estate planning, making sure your wills are done, making sure that the right powers of attorneys are in place, um, helping you with, um, you know, deciding if hiring a family member is, is beneficial or, or not. And we have some very strong um, tax planning tools. So that's what a, that's what a strong advisor does. And, 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 and I always consider myself and I am, I'm, I'm a financial planner. I'm not just an, you know, a money manager. So, well, good deal. Well, I enjoyed this. So if anybody wanted a copy of, of your white paper, um, how would they reach you? Or if anybody were just interested in talking with you about um, you know, you know their, their financial planning issues or anything like that, um, how, how would they contact you? Sure. So my email is jordan, J-O-R-D-A-N, at parallelfinancial.com, or you can also call the office, which is 864-385-7999. And I'd be happy to, to talk to anybody. Um, you know, attorneys make a lot of jokes about billing by the hour. The nice thing about financial advisors is we don't do that. So if you call me, I'm not going to send you an invoice. I'd be happy to talk to you and help. Perfect. Well, I enjoyed this and uh, maybe we'll get together in the next uh, couple of months and figure out another, uh, another interesting and innovative topic that we can bring uh, to help our clients uh, in their financial lives. That'd be great. Thanks, David, for having me. 
So that's what we do here at Parallel Financial. We provide innovative solutions and ideas to our clients, not only in the concrete areas of money management and risk management, but also in other areas such as uh, what are some of the tax benefits of hiring your, uh, your family members. So if you would like to schedule a consultation with Jordan Roberts, email jordan at parallelfinancial.com. That's jordan at parallelfinancial.com. Or if you would simply like to request his white paper that discuss some of these topics. And for your complimentary 30-minute consultation with me, email david at parallelfinancial.com. And until next episode, we wish you a blessed week. The information contained herein included but not limited to research, market valuations, calculations, estimates, and other material obtained from Parallel Financial and other sources are believed to be reliable. However, Parallel Financial does not warrant its accuracy or completedness. The materials are provided for informational purposes only. It should not be used or construed as an offer to sell or a solicitation of an offer to buy any security. Past performance is not indicative of future results.